0: So let me just read to you some verses from the penultimate chapter in the Bible, Revelation chapter 21. And uh, it says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow. Or crying or pain. all these things are gone forever. cannot wait. I'm calling this talk. I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine. We've reached, we've reached the final installments of our journey through the book of Revelation: Revelation is the translation of the Greek word apocalypsis, or apocalypse. If you take Bruce Willis out of that, what you've got left is revelation. The revealing of that which was hidden. Now, where we left off last week was the end of the tribulation, the end of that seven-year period. There's a lot of judgment in the tribulation, I'll not lie. Uh, leaving a whole lot of people dead, (laughs) but what happens after that? What happens to those people who, who have died? What happens to Satan? Well, the beast, that is the Antichrist, and the false prophets have been thrown into the lake of fire, and his armies have been destroyed, and there is just one enemy left, satan himself how big would the army have to be to beat him after all the devastation that he's um he's laid out upon um uh, upon the earth that that dragon that serpent of old the answer to that is just one angel just one angel not even the champion of all the angels not even super angel the biggest the fiercest strongest angel ever created he's described as just an angel doesn't even get a name just an angel then i saw an angel coming down from heaven from the from the uh with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain uh in his hand he seized a dragon that old serpent the devil and uh bound him in chains for a thousand years the angel threw him into the bottomless pit which he then shut and locked so satan could not deceive the nations anymore see the truth of the matter is and it is a truth that the Laodicean church in particular struggles to grasp, is that it is not by might and it is not by power, says the Lord, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. In his authority, doing his will, just one angel chained Satan up. It is not by big-budget presentations, nor by pursuing political power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Now, the abyss literally means a deep hole. you think it would mean something a bit more apocalyptic than that, but it's a deep hole, so deep that it seemed bottomless or unfathomable. It's the place that the legion of demons feared Jesus would cast them into when he commanded them to come out of that demon-possessed man. You remember this um, in, in Luke eight? They said, "Well, don't send us into the into the abyss. Um, you know, we'd prefer that 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 herd of pigs over there." It's obviously a place that demons fear. And try to avoid it is nevertheless a place of confinement for evil spirits you know just as an aside or uh, rather to put that into context the Jewish perspective on death is that all dead people go to the place of the dead fair enough really I suppose but that's called Sheol in Hebrew Sheol and that's everybody the good the bad and the ugly The deepest part of Sheol, Greek name, Hades. Everybody goes to Hades. The deepest part of Hades is a place called Tartarus. Tartarus, which seems to be another description uh, of the abyss. The abyss and Tartarus seem to be the same thing. This is the location In Sheol, which, like I say in Greek, is Hades, or hell, where fallen angels are chained up to be held for judgment. So, not the good part of Hades, not the suburbs of Hades, where righteous people are placed, but the the mean streets of Hades, you know, the abyss, Tartarus. Sheol, or Hades is temporary the final destination for satan the fallen angels and all those who have chosen to follow them is called the lake of fire the abyss as part of sheol is not permanent either it only lasts until the end of a thousand year period known as the millennium during which jesus reigns on earth You remember uh, when Jesus instructed his disciples? They said, Teach us to pray as John's Lord's Prayer. And you remember that part of it? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, this, this millennium is the fulfillment of that prayer the kingdom of God here on earth, where Jesus' will is done. Perfectly. Now, like I've been saying throughout this series, uh, there are uh, differences of opinion over absolutely every single Bible um, verse and passage, and and, uh, uh, and so on. And um, the millennium is is no exception. So some would say that the millennium is just figurative or not an an actual thousand years. Others would say that it is a thousand years, but it's going to occur uh, before Jesus returns. Still others would say, it's happening now. We're in the millennium now. I'd be deeply disappointed if that's the case, (laughs) if this is it. Now, as for me, I, uh, I, I, I take... Um, what seems like the simple, straightforward, and open uh, interpretation, as simple and straightforward and open as possible. And as such, I understand the millennium to be an actual thousand-year period, which kicks in, or kicks off, after the tribulation period. And that is, that millennium period is the 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ here on earth. After he's returned with us, with his heavenly army, the raptured church, on his white horse. In that millennium, there will be no more false religion. That's been cast into the abyss, if you remember. And no more corrupt political system either. That's been um, done away with as well. Who are the people who are going to be on earth at that time? Well, there are going to be two groups of people. Number one, when Jesus returns, he is going to be bringing with him uh, his called, chosen, and faithful warriors. That's us in resurrected bodies. So that's the first group of people. Us, but on a really good day. The second group of people are the survivors of the tribulation. Those who didn't die during those seven years. Some will be believers, that is the tribulation saints who survived, and some won't be believers. The unbelievers who just didn't die, they're still there. They'll they'll have that second group, they'll have the same bodies as before. As such, they will live and they will die during that thousand-year period. Jesus is going to be presiding over a government. So chapter 20, verse 4 says, Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. So the millennium isn't heaven. It is earth. Ruled rightly. It is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And during that millennial period, we shall be rulers in the sense of being servant leaders. Now, verse 4 tells us that the souls of the tribulation martyrs come back to life and reign with Christ for a thousand years. All of this is described as the first resurrection, the resurrection where resurrection bodies are given. The point where the tribulation martyrs join the pre-tribulation Christians is is then. Non-believers get resurrected at the end of the 1,000 years, and those who participate in this first resurrection are called blessed and holy. So this millennium, this thousand-year period, is described in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2. It's, in the last days, the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem will become the most important place on earth. People from all over the world will go there to worship. Many nations will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Israel. And Israel will be fully restored. Isaiah describes this as a time without war, when spears are beaten into plowshares, and although there will still be issues and disputes, they'll be dealt with swiftly and completely fairly. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together, the leopard and the goat will be at peace. Didn't know they had any particular problems or now, but apparently they do. And a little child will lead them all. Then, after a thousand years, Satan is let loose from the abyss. He will go out to deceive the nations from every corner of the earth, which are called Gog and Magog. He will gather them together for battle. A mighty host, as numberless as sand along the shore. Why? Why on earth would God let Satan out of the abyss? Because he is ultimately fair. When he finally pronounces judgment, the eternal destiny and destination of every single person... No one, no one can blame circumstances or that they were misled or that they had never heard. Those people whom the devil is able to gather together to attack God's people have had a thousand years of seeing the kingdom of God in action under perfect conditions. I mean, if you don't get it by now, You're not going to get it. But they will still have free will. And they're free to exercise that, though ultimately to no avail. Satan is defeated, and he's finally thrown into the lake of fire, which is the true eternal hell. And then I saw a great white throne And I saw the one who was sitting on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to the things written in the books, according to what they had done. This judgment, it's called the great white throne judgment, is not... For believers it's for unbelievers non-believers the judgment that relates to believers is described in 2 corinthians 5 verse 10. now the judge there is not sitting on a great white throne he's sitting on something called a beamer seat where tribunals were held we will be saved but our works will be evaluated Will they be burned up, or will they stand and act as an inheritance? So that, that beamer judgment is about reward, not not, not punishment. But what's shocking, and what we, though, can't shy away from, is that everyone whose name is not written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. Just saying that doesn't sound very nice, and you'll hear great swathes of churches just shy away from that. And let's talk about God's best life now and and how to be healthy and wealthy and happy and all of that. But actually, this is the truth. It's the truth. I hate that, and I'd want to shy away from it. I'd really want to say... Actually, you die, it's okay, don't worry. But we can't say that. But even that isn't the end of the story. Chapter 20 is all about those 1,000 years. But chapter 21 and chapter 22 are all about home. They're all about home. And to paint a picture of real home, we're given one final movie trailer. You remember I've been saying, when they want to sell a movie, they'll give you like a 30-second movie trailer. There's little bits of the movie to to make you think, oh, that looks good. I must go and see that. And it's there to whet your appetite, but not to give everything away. But this... This is the movie trailer to end all movie trailers. It's all about the new heaven and the new earth. You'll maybe remember that I've uh, said before that there are two different Greek words for the English word new. One of them is naos. The other one is kinos. So say you wanted to record some music, but all you had was an old cassette recorder. An old cassette what now? An old cassette recorder. You remember those? No. You've had it for years, and it doesn't work properly. So in order to record this music, you go out and you buy a new cassette recorder. And before you say you can't buy those anymore, they still use them, ironically, in Japan, would you believe? They still use fax machines in Japan as well. They flood every other market with newfangled stuff and they stick to the good old stuff themselves. Anywho, if you went out and bought a new <coughs> cassette recorder, that would be a NAOS cassette recorder. The word NAOS would be used to describe the newness of it. Same as you had before, just a new one. But alternatively, you might be told by the person in the shop, look, hey, welcome to the 21st century. You can listen to that music and record it by streaming it using Spotify. Uh, Other services are available. I I say that, I don't don't know whether they are, but let's just assume they are. You can use it using Spotify. You don't need any hardware. You don't need to buy a blank tape. Uh, Those things went out with the ARC. That would be where you use the word kynos you're getting the music you want but in a completely new way in a kynos way well the new heaven and the new earth that the bible talks about guess what they are the kynos type completely different how so well Isaiah tees it up really well. He says, look, well, he quotes God as saying, look, I am creating new heavens and new earth. So wonderful that no one will even think about the old ones anymore. Cassette tapes. But be glad, rejoice forever in my creation. And look, I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. Joy, I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. The sound of weeping and crying will be heard no more. No no longer will babies die when only a few days old. No longer will adults die before they have lived a full life. No longer will people be considered old at 100 Now, earth, even in the millennium, is tainted by sin. And the old heaven has been tainted by Satan's presence. You remember the book of Job, where um, Satan is addressing God in heaven. Can you imagine the stain of having Satan in heaven? The one sitting on the throne says, look, I am making all things kinos. I'm making all things new. All things new, yes, but keeping the central jewel, now made perfect, Jerusalem. Why does he keep Jerusalem? Because all the saints mentioned in Hebrews 11 had one thing in common, none of them were home. They were no more than foreigners and nomads here on earth. They were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a heavenly city for them. This city now comes down out of heaven from God. It's likened to a beautiful bride. But this isn't the bride of Christ, the church. The imagery of the bride is about covenant. It's talking about relationship. It's about where I call home. The place you go and kick your shoes off. The place you go and say, oh, i had a terrible day. And you can say that because you've stopped having the terrible day, because you're home. The place where you're really you. Home. Look, the home of God is now among his people. God says, ah, home. He will live with them, and they will be his people. Every aspect of every stain of Satan upon creation is removed. No sorrow, no death, no crying, no pain. This is the new, the Kynos Jerusalem. And this city is huge. It's 1,500 miles square. It's utterly awesome. Radiant in light. Verse 23 says that the glory of God gives the city light. And, and this is just the movie trailer. This is focusing on the capital city here on the new earth. What is the rest of this amazing planet going to look like? Have you ever wondered that? There are other cities going on as well. What are the Kynos heavens going to, be look, going to be looking like? The rest of the universe now made available for us to explore and enjoy. That's not even, that doesn't even make it as part of the movie trailer. There is so much more to explore. There is so much more to discover. Chapter 22 stays with the New Jerusalem and focuses, focuses in on a particular feature. And the angel Showed me a pure river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, coursing down the centre of the main street. Just picture this in your mind as I'm saying it. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were for the healing of the nations. The word healing there actually means energizing. So remember back in Genesis in the Garden of Eden, there were two particular trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And Adam and Eve were denied access to that tree because of their sin. In the New Jerusalem, we have that access restored. It's like a metaphor for everything being restored. Nothing will be cursed. Jesus, the Lamb, will be right there in the city of New Jerusalem. And verse 4 gives us a little detail that says a great deal. And they will see his face. Now Exodus 33 verse 20 says that no one may see my face and live. Why? Because he is completely holy and perfect and we in our present state are not. So to look on his face is not possible because he can't have imperfection in his presence. But in the new Jerusalem we can because we are made completely holy and perfect as well. And all of this is just the taste, the trailer of what is to come. I can only imagine. Can you imagine? I was saying a couple of weeks ago, why don't we have a church outing? I know this sounds fanciful, but stay with me on this. Why don't we meet up on the banks of the, the river of life, just by the tree? Why don't we? You don't even need to be a bring, bring and bring share, lunch. Don't need to do anything. There's nothing on telly. There's no telly. That's not the excuse. The weather will be fantastic. Why don't we meet up there? See the spirit and the bride say, come. Let each one who hears them say, come. The invitation... Is for everyone. Let the thirsty ones come. Anyone who wants to. And I will see you there. Home. Lord Jesus, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. In fact, I can't only imagine. (laughs) I can only imagine a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. I can only imagine life without being tainted by sin and Satan and awfulness. I can only imagine life of perfect security, perfect relationships, A life with a universe that is open to explore. A life in a perfect body. I can only imagine walking through the gates of New Jerusalem. Seeing that beautiful river coursing down the main road. Being free to eat from the tree of life. Seeing you on the throne. Being free to approach you. I can only imagine. All of this because God so loved the world that He gave His Son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but rather have eternal life. I thank you, Lord, that somehow my name is written in the book of life. And one day, I, we, will be there. Lord, I can only imagine. Amen.